Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Bye week is in the books, and the Texas Longhorns are ready to start Big 12 play, so that means we're breaking it all down here on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. Let's not waste any time. Let me bring in the rest of the team as we get ready for Texas and Iowa State and the Big 12 schedule. Tom Herman's first run through the Big 12, and if the first real weekend of conference action taught us anything, gentlemen, this Big 12 is going to be a mother, to say the least. It a, nine, <laughs> a mofo. It is a nine-game gauntlet, and we will go through the conference and Texas chances to uh, chances to make a bowl, chances to maybe make a, a nice bowl. We'll I through. love when you say make a bowl. Make a nice bowl. <laughs> respectable bowl. <laughs> ah, there you go, respectable bowl. Whether he's talking about brewed beers, defensive back play, whatever the case, he's the renaissance man here on Longhorn Blitz. He is our lockdown corner here on the show. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American. 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his Ooh, NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and the year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You realize how many great NFL minds have been around. Talk about Mike Shanahan and John Gruden. Mike Tomlin Mike was Tomlin. my DB coach. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't even my defensive coordinator in Tampa. My DB coach. Did, yeah, uh, you had a nice little tree. Monty yeah. Kippen was my defensive coordinator. Tomlin yeah. wasn't one of those guys that mispronounced your name, was he? Hey, Barbers, no. get over here. No, Tomlin was – I loved I loved Coach Tomlin. He was fantastic. And he was a youngster. He's just a few years Raheem older Morris than you. was like our – not a grad assistant, like a coaching quality assistant, control. quality control guy there. Like it was a great like defensive, your defensive back GA. room. Yeah, it was a great defensive back room in Tampa. Now that's an amazing that. group when you think about it that. It really was. When he was yeah. done in the NFL, when he was done in Canada, they got himself back to Austin, Texas, and before he earned a degree, where he'd wear his T ring proudly if he was in possession. I want to get. It. I had Chip call me out the other day, texting me Chip equipment. He's like, "You need to get over here. I heard you ain't got your T ring." I was like, ah, "See, Chip yeah. Robertson, fan of the Chip's Blitz, the man. reaching out, telling yeah, he's like, you need to get over here and get, and I need to go over there and, and go say what's up." Too. There you go. Call himself Big Daddy. But if he <laughs> when he gets his T-ring, he will wear it proudly. But nonetheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And, uh, Rod, I guess we'll start off the conversation. Uh, instead of Texas, let's go big and kind of work our way back. Okay, macro to micro. This was one of those weekends where you just kind of got to sit around and observe. One of those rare fall weekends where you get to do that. This weekend will be one of those with the Thursday game, and then you have Very Saturday true. to just kind of be a spectator. Um, a lot of interesting stuff happened around the Big 12, but I want to start with TCU and Oklahoma State because I think that game showed me a lot about what's to come for Texas. And what I mean by that is a couple of things. Number one, when you look at TCU's defensive game plan in that game, mm-hmm. TCU clearly wanted to take away the vertical passing game of Oklahoma State. That was the one thing Gary Patterson wanted to do. And, Rod, what did we talk about all the time with the previous staff, with Charlie Strong? They don't really do anything that lends you to having something that you can take away something the opponent does really make them well. A, make your opponent adapt. Take exactly. Some, take them, make them beat you left-handed. And Todd Orlando did that in the USC game. Took away that run the game. game plan was they're not going to run the football between the tackles. We're going to shut down zone. the inside zone run yeah. game. Which is their favorite running play. And Texas, and Texas did that. And to USC's credit, and I actually like this, they've kind of built their offense on the run game, and they tried it and tried it and tried it until they decided we cannot run the football. We're going to lose this game with, a, with the top quarterback in the country because we want to run the football. And they were like, yeah, let's let Sam Donald try to win these. Can I throw this at you real quick since you mentioned that i need to hold that thought but i had somebody bring up an interesting point to me that clay helton could be the next mac brown and what they mean by that was a guy that will recruit extremely well Mm -hmm. have a boatload of nfl talent win win 10 plus games a year but will probably lose one or two games throughout the year that his teams have no business losing. like mark richt 
along yep. those same lines. Yeah. And that's a good spot yeah. to be because unless you're at the top five and get the super elite coach, that's about what the other 20 it's just kind of like, around yeah. there. That's, that's, kind of my, that's, about, that's about as good as you get. But this is the thing about USC. USC is like Texas, right, where, yeah. yes, that's fine for 95% of college football yep. fans just to be uh, a 10-win program mm-hmm. when you're top 10, top 15 in recruiting year after year, easy. But for USC's and for Texas and for even Georgia. Florida, even yeah. Georgia. I agree with you. Um, it's not good enough. They're blue bloods. They it's almost it's almost for them a curse to get that close every year right. to an SEC title or to a Pac-12 title and to the college football playoff and not make it. So because you know fans, you aren't fully maximizing. Exactly. I've always heard the SEC talking heads throughout the years when Mark Rick was at Georgia. I say that like he was there like ten years ago. It was only two years ago. Yeah. Whatever the last time he was there. But it was which program would you rather be? Would you rather be Georgia? Would you rather be Auburn? Would you rather be like a nine or ten win team every year but not cross not, the hump? Yeah. Or would you rather be Auburn? Where you're in the na- you win the national title one year and then two years later you're three and nine fire your coach yeah. go to and then and then you go to the national championship <laughs> yeah. game and then you're a six win yeah. team. No, that's, that's why I, that's why I like it. if you're an Astros fan we can all relate most of our listeners. I mean there was that area that even when you were good you weren't good enough in the 90s and 2000s and then you sort of acted like you were good enough and tried to stick around with free agency but there's no path or anything. What yeah. somebody do come in slash and burn just go to crap be able to get the players to be able to build up a new system start over for a chance to win it all. And it's the same idea that people will call tanking, but it's sort of like strategizing. Right. And you think about when you look over to going in college, though, you got to be able to go and attack and go for that big one because there's so many people that if you're going to just try to every year be a little bit better, it's going to be tough to be that elite one unless you're taking those few risks and not be afraid to fail. I don't know if there is a right answer. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Gus Malzahn and, um, you know, before you know, Gene Chizik, you know, right. yep. didn't even last long. He had Cam Newton there, was able to win a national title. And Fired two years later. Two years yeah. later, he's gone. So Fired. It's crazy if fan base. If you're talking about job security as a coach, I think I'd rather be Mac Brown and Mark Yeah, Rick. yeah, yeah. Because I think I can last close to a decade with that type of record. Right. With Gene Chizik, you get that with national title. And, and it's crazy because fan, sports fans are so fickle, they'll forget about the national title in like two years. They'll two forget year, about it. Two years yeah. later, two you're years. three and nine and you're, you're gone. You're bum. Get out of here. Yeah. But if you can keep winning nine, ten games, you have to use right. like, uh, we can't just get rid of him. You get rid of a nine win, ten win. Coach. Remember when Mac Brown was his last year? We're like, if he gets to nine, ten wins or wins the Big Twelve, he's gonna stay. That's a tough spot to be in because are you gonna either gonna go with like you're saying yeah, because that's you. even not only better for the individual coach, but then the fan base is gonna have a lot of fun in those ten win seasons. But you're no gonna doubt. have just enough heartbreak to where do you really know if you're gonna ever get to that point? Now Texas got there because Vince Young and you're able to get one. But when you look at the ability to end up going all for not and then losing, the fans can't stand that. You know so why? You're spiking, you know why? And, away. I, and I know we'll go deep into this. I don't want to get back to Iowa State, but you know why? What killed? What killed Auburn? Bama. Yep. You're in the shadow of Bama. Yeah. So sorry, your one national title. It looks. It, it, you know what I mean? It's it literally looks so minuscule and it, it, it's dwarf compared to Bama because you're and four to one in that state. Yeah. And the same thing with Mac Brown. What hurt Mac Brown? Oh, you Stoops. Yeah. Stoops was so damn good. If Mac was just going up against some other scrub, he'd be like, ah, Mac's doing as well as anybody. But it was Stoops winning a national title his second year. It's like, man, Mac, you better get your together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's all about the context. Who who are your fans looking at? Who are they comparing themselves to? Because they're comparing themselves to Bama and Nick Saban. Sorry, Auburn, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. If you're comparing yourself to but Bob Stoops in Oklahoma in that decade, sorry, Mac, you're screwed. Right. Yeah. Unless you're winning a national title. So I think it's all about the context, it, too. Right. This is going to be fun to watch Ohio State and Michigan play out the next decade. Yeah. This is like yes. we're talking they're about it right now to see exactly if right. they're going to both kill yeah. each other and maybe yeah. never maximize or if one's going to kill the other. It's like the Wisconsin, way like, it's like Wisconsin it? football. Wisconsin football is that right there in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. It's right there all the damn time. Oklahoma State, their Oklahoma entire Oklahoma kind of like that too, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not only OU, but it's Texas. For Oklahoma State fans, that's been fine for that. And for Wisconsin fans, it's been fine. And then that's why just, Aggies decide to leave to go take what we were talking about being that just competitive and fun enough. If you know you can't win a championship like they sort of felt, yeah. they're like, okay, we'll go to the SEC and just be an SEC team exactly. and win six games. The school that I want to keep talking about right now, TCU, has kind of been like, they're like Gary that too. Patterson. Good point. But you talk about taking away TCU's vertical pass. 
Oklahoma State's vertical passing game, taking away, making the the, the offense beat you, making them as one-dimensional as possible, exactly I should say, right. if I can stop mm-hmm. stuttering. And Todd Orlando did that against SC. That's the challenge, Rod, for this Texas defense the rest yeah. of the way. Can you, can you find something in this Big 12 offenses that you know you can take away and say, you can beat us. If you can beat us doing A, B, and C, then so be it. But you're not going to beat us by doing X. You're not going to beat us with your bread and butter with this one thing we know we can take away. I agree. And every Big 12 team is going to be different, right? You talked about Oklahoma State, their vertical passing game. You know, with Oklahoma, it you know it's probably going to be close to what Charlie Strong did against Baker Mayfield in 2015. Right. I don't think it'll be that much different. Um, and, you know, against TCU, it's going to be different with Kenny Trill, Kenny Hill, whatever you want to say. So I agree with you, I think. But this defense, and people can be asking me, what, what schematic change? What did Todd Orlando do differently versus USC? And I, I'd agree with Tarlando and Tom Herman when I say most Oklahoma fans didn't take a deep dive into that San Jose State film defensively um, because Texas hasn't really done much differently. Mm-mm. No. The, it, 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 and I don't know what it is. The linebackers are playing much better. Malik and Anthony Wheeler and uh, Nation Hughes, those guys are playing much better off uh, defensively. And I think they're just playing with more confidence. I really do think now the defense just is playing. They're playing with swag. We haven't seen them play with confidence. Why would they have confidence? Well, no, and open There's field no tackles have it. been great. Yeah. They haven't missed tackles, I, and that fits perfect in what you're saying about confidence. Like, you've seen that on the field. Yeah. You're playing it well, in space. Well, even in just Maryland, what did Tyler say the big issue was? We were playing slow. We were we were reading too much instead of reacting. It just seems like the guys, they weren't playing aggressive. They didn't have an edge. And we didn't. We kind of tossed out San Jose State. And I watched it, too, and they were, they were great for San Jose State. They got the shutouts, which are rare on the 40 acres. Trust me, I only had like six in my time on the 40 acres. Three in my last year in 2002. We were a top 10 defense. And you're seeing now, I think from that shutout, they got the confidence. And against USC, I think now that confidence grows exponentially because of who they performed against and on that big stakes like USC, dude, you could see a totally new defense in terms of the personality and the identity uh, closer to what we saw versus USC in Big 12 play because they're playing so much more confident. The thing I took, Rod, from the San Jose game that carried over to SC was the way defensively the defensive line and linebackers fit the run. Front seven. Like man. that, It's just, and it's not doing anything fancy. I it's agree. Just, yeah. it's, no mistakes. It's what we saw from Todd Orlando's defense at UH. Granted, they don't have, have Ed Oliver. They don't have a war daddy in the middle of that you defense. Got but you got two stud linebackers. Yep. And, and defensive line-wise, if those guys just do their assignment say we're going to slant we're going to create movement we're going to count on penetration killing the zone run game which it can if if you're doing it right mm-hmm. you're, you penetrate your gap integrity is good then you know that's all it is that's all it was it wasn't anything i don't think they drew up a you great game plan it, <laughs> See, you, if everybody just listened to Coach Muschamp, <laughs> this world would be a better place. The middle's got to be here. Everybody see that? Gap control. Everybody just do right. your job. Right. The will fits here. The Bucks got to get flat. Everybody mm. just do your job. Um, but that's pretty much what it was. I saw I the two that really carried over. I think it's but just the motto and, of Long and, and thing that, that, that's also adding to the confidence factor because I think we both looked at it and said, man, schematically, they're not changing much. And even personnel-wise. I'm looking at personnel. They haven't, they haven't changed much either personnel-wise. Same starting group on defense all, all three games. Exactly. What has happened is not only the confidence but the repetition. Keep in mind, coaching staff still doesn't know the personnel Except Devontae that Davis well. and Chris Boyd. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he started the game because there was a no, no, violation Disciplined. of team rules or something, whatever it is. But – Think about it. The coaching staff, they're just starting to get to know these players, how they play, what are their strengths and weaknesses, how to best utilize uh, the front seven, how to best utilize these players. And the players are still getting to know the defense. It's a new system for them, too. So I think the growth you could see on the defense side of the ball could prove me correct, even though I panicked on my prognostication that this could be the best defense in the Big 12. They have that type of ceiling. Mm-hmm. Now they're starting to look like that the last two weeks. Versus Maryland, I got to admit, I, I didn't. I think they had any shot. I think they were closer to being what they were a year or so ago or two years ago. Now, mm-hmm. confidence and repetition. You guys talked about it at home 24-7. Repetitions, repetitions. This this two-week, uh, basically, where they had the bye week and then the Thursday night game, you'll see the most improvement you've seen on this team throughout the entire season because they'll have basically two weeks of like a mini offseason. Mm-hmm. A little two-week spring practice, if you will. Yes, they have to play Iowa State. Yes, they have to, they have to game plan for but that. 10 days, 10 days. is yeah. a great disbursement. You just don't now. have that much time to improve in the offseason. And they need it. We'll get to the offensive line. They need it, right. basically 
to try to focus on that O-line. But the so, defense is going to get much better. So sticking with that TCU-Oklahoma State game, we take away the vertical passing game, then go to quarterback play. And, Rod, you talk about Kenny Trill. I'll call him Kenny Chill because Kenny, Kenny Hill is cool, he's confident. And hmm. the one thing Kenny Hill has done, if you notice the difference in his game, it's not that he's making the spectacular plays that he was making early in his career at a and Something you talk about with guys as they get older. He's eliminating the negative plays. Mm, baseline is higher now. Exactly. And success that way. he took better care of the ball. We saw Mason Rudolph be careless with the football at times and get frustrated and press a little bit. And that leads me to the Texas quarterback conversation. We're going to kind of jump around here this week, folks, and kind of be hey, all over jump the place. So, a lot of cover. Yeah, right, we got a lot of ground to cover, not a ton of time to do it in. But with the Texas quarterback discussion, Rod, Am I crazy when I say that we can and – I, and I, I'm a firm believer in this. Until Texas figures out who they want to be offensively, what the identity is, and Tom Herman said this week on the Big 12 call, that's one thing they really looked at in the bye week is, okay, what can we be with the personnel we've got? I know go. what we want to be, but that might not be what we can be. Agreed. What can we do with this personnel? You're going to be limited. Until you figure that out, the quarterback conversation is moot because those two things go hand-to-hand. That said, I think you can use both of these guys because the skill sets are different enough to where you can use both of them. I know two-quarterback system to a Texas fan – his nails on the chalkboard, mm. but they're different enough to make it work, I think. Think Chris Leak, Tim Tebow, not necessarily Sims Applewhite in terms of playing two quarterbacks. Agreed. But, Rod, am I crazy when I think, and I'll look at that TCU-Oklahoma State game, and turnovers were a huge factor in that game. Could Tim Beck and Tom Herman wind up going with the guy that they trust is going to take better care of the football because this is an offense that's had trouble finishing drives. Had uh, they're one of the worst red zone offenses in the country. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like Shane Bouchelle's veteran presence better as a guy that can just protect the football and won't give it back. Because like we talked about last week, with if you got Michael Dixon in your back pocket, a punt is a good play for this team. Yeah, a punt is a good thing, especially if your defense is playing right. well. And, I'll, and that's a big part that could ultimately dictate some decisions too. So I think Texas Tom Herman might be adopting the old Greg Davis. I'm talking about Tom Herman and Greg Davis kind of being on the same page mm-hmm. in terms of football minds. Tom Herman might be going back to the old Greg Davis thing. Rod, I know you heard this from him time and again. The goal should be to end every drive with a kick, a field goal, a PAT, or a punt. End every drive with a kick. Oh, I like that, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Greg Davis. Too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the most boring way to it have is. success. It's really it's boring. like you could get 100 touchdowns. makes a lot of sense. That means but no finishes. turnovers, and which ends up us getting we, two out of those three are points on the board for Seven us. Some of her, ma- some her major talk about all the time that yeah. he took from Greg Davis. Yeah, the goal a, should be to end every drive with a kick. It's a really good point. I think the concern would be, and you, you pointed this out earlier at the beginning of your, your speech, there was that the offensive line may dictate what your ceiling is with his offense and what your vision is because if say you want to have a more expansive uh, passing game conceptually well yeah of course Shane Bouchelle is the better option at quarterback right. but if you can't protect Shane Bouchelle right. All right, then there's no point in really having him out there if you can't protect him he's going to get hurt again with a makeshift offensive line so you may have to change your passing game conceptually to make it more high percentage passes getting the ball out quickly to make sure that the pass rush doesn't get there. Expand your screen game. Expand your screen game. Then we start talking about the running backs. Well, okay, so is Sam Ellinger make the running game better? That's why you maybe should use both of them because he's a guy that can expand your running game, at least the identity on the ground. And then can you have more of a traditional running game with a Chris Warren, with a Kyle Porter, with this offensive line? Or do you need to be creative? Do you need to bring in Gerard Hurd? Does Sam Ellinger need to be a big part of the running game because you don't have the offensive lineman up front to have a traditional running game? That's Get my LJ concern. Humphrey more involved. Yeah. That's my concern is that you got to be creative. And so these are all questions that we can't answer, but I think that he's had to answer in this this bye week that they've had so far. And then when you add on top of that, everything not only involved directly with the offense, but indirectly the correlations that come with your defense's performance directly affect yeah. your offensive performance. If you yeah. aren't getting stopped giving up points, then you're making your team be predictable, have to pass from behind. It's not a situation this Texas team needs to be in, but if you can have a good enough defense Special that can teams. be aggressive, yeah. that you can be confident, that then you narrow the game down by running the ball and not allowing Decrease high, as much the margin for error. Exactly. Yeah. So it all depends and intertwines with how well. So if the defense continues to perform, like you said, and, you might be you a know, defensive oriented team. And then look exactly yeah. at what we've seen. At first, you're alarmed when you see week one, but now what what happens whenever you get more information? It's just good info over time. It has a more accurate depiction. You look at yeah. the sample size. We've seen three games. If it keeps on going in that direction, you're trending in the right way. Now you're consistently performing it's only going to build confidence which allows you to run your offense so uh, 
I mean, they could go with each other, but they easily can be abandoned when you're going again on the road. And with this team, remember how for years we've seen this group of kids not perform on the road. And if those especially things, at Ames, so, especially <laughs> these are the perfect letdown after yeah. a big performance when you built confidence. So you'll learn a lot from the team, but also, you know, first game of the year proved to us that no matter what happens, we aren't going to have a definitive idea of what this team is for a little while. You need at least uh, half the season before you can get a good idea about Yeah, that. I think Maryland got beat too. And did you say Kasim Hill got hurt? Yeah, yeah Kasim Hill's done for the year with ACL. So they got Pigron, they, they tore an ACL versus Texas. The backup quarterback who ended up beating Texas too, he has ACL. Yeah. And Maryland lost that game versus UCF. So, yeah, you're like, oh, Maryland's going to be a good team. They may have been if both of their <laughs> quarterbacks didn't get hurt, but they won't be a good team this year. So, yeah, that 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 one loss to Texas is looking worse. But I'll say this. There's so many question marks now in offense, dude. I'm – I well, am stressed out when I just think about how many questions on offense. So now, offensive line, you're down, you're starting right tackle, starting left tackle, and your backup right tackle. <laughs> At the, in, in, the, in the backfield, we don't even know who the best running back is or who they think the best running back is. I know I think it's Chris Warren, but the coaches think they're interchangeable. And if you go look at the leader in rush attempts through the first three games of the season, it's both quarterbacks. Yeah. Not even your top two. Because they don't have backs. confidence in that line yeah, exactly. to do anything. Right? Or confidence in their running backs. We don't even know if that's the case either. They say they trust yeah. them. We don't know. And then on top of all that, and I think actually, this is crazy. I think that's, that there's the least concern about the quarterback position, and yet we don't even know who is going to start yeah. a quarterback, the true freshman or Shane Bouchel, the sophomore. But I think it's more concerned about the offensive line. I think that's the number one concern. Number two is, yeah, the running back position. How, how do you find someone you can trust there, and how do you build an identity around uh, guys you trust in that backfield, identify those playmakers, and then the quarterback situation. The only thing right now I have confidence in on that wide Texas receivers. offense, wide receiver. And it starts with Colin Tendi. Johnson, who's a monster. Yes. Got, uh, Drew Lieberman had a great stat. Says that right now, Colin Johnson through first three games is he's on he's on a uh, pace to break the all time receiving single season receiving record set by Jordan Shipley in two thousand nine. He's fifty two yards ahead of it. He won't break it because he doesn't no. have a, he doesn't have Colt McCoy throwing the football. Right. But just to be ahead of that type of pace, yeah. that dude's a beast. Right. He's a beast, and you got to find a way to give him the football. And that's got to be Shane Bouchel doing it. Then maybe so because that guy right now he's the best player on that offense. Ain't even right. close. Pause for the cause to pay some bills, but we're talking Texas defense on the other side, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. Rod, I'm hung up on something you said a few minutes ago, and I want you to go into it. Because you, you know, we talk about, I know we have laughs at the expense of your NFL career sometimes, yeah. but you've been fortunate enough to be around some great offensive minds. And I'll throw Steve Mariucci in there because you don't, you don't Coast, get, baby. You know, Brett Favre will tell you how good of an offensive mm-hmm. mind Steve Mariucci is. You've been around the Grudens and the Grudens. Shanahans. Yeah. For offensive coordinators, how to, kind of two-fold question for you. How tough is it, one, for them to get away? And I'm going this from Tom Herman's standpoint, being an offensive mind. Mm-hmm. How tough is it for them to get away from the core of who they are based on their personnel, Ooh, number one? Yeah. And number two, how did those guys be creative mm. without getting too cute and too outside the box that you're just yeah. flinging stuff against the wall? I, the first part of that question, it is very rare for offensive coordinators That's what I'm to, thinking, to right? get outside the box and get outside their comfort zone. That's what, what the big deal is right now mm-hmm. with the NFL and the quarterbacks and offensive linemen, mind you, right now, is that they have not found a way to successfully bridge that gap, that disconnect, the miscommunication between the college uh, quarterback yeah. and the pro-style NFL quarterback. And all, a lot of it is because offensive coordinators are just so stubborn mm-hmm. in right. the way they want to do things. They're not willing to adapt and evolve the offense or fit into the skill set they, of a certain player. Look at CBY's career or any other yeah. Sean Watson. Sean, yeah, so it happens. Um, and, oh, You see a lot of that. Look at Gruden. Even the Tampa Bay, he got a lot of flack for his the way he handled the quarterback situation because he's a lot. It's a guy like the stockpile quarterbacks. He's uh-huh. obsessed with quarterbacks. So he brought in you know the greasy and you know, he brought in Sims and he, he brought bring, in Ryan Leaf at one Ryan, point. He was bringing all these different Why guys not? because he was obsessed with trying to improve the quarterback position and that he could coach something out of those guys like Greasy and Sims and Ryan Leaf that nobody else could because I am the quarterback guru. The rest of those guys, they just they're, they're sorry excuses for coaches. So there's a lot of arrogance with NFL coaches and coordinators. So I think it's very tough for them to get outside their comfort zone and try to tailor those off. We're dealing with that right now with Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. All right, he's a, he, he loves tall, statuesque, 
other, you know, uh, pocket passing quarterbacks, and yet now he has the dual threat quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and he's trying to tailor that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really tough. I don't think offensive coordinators do it enough, uh, get outside their comfort zone. And, you know, to the point where how creative you have to get, I think you have to get extremely creative. Well, in Tom Herman's case, or in Tim Beck's case, I should say. And listen, is it Tim Beck or Tom Herman? Hmm. Can we discuss that? Yeah, I don't that, even that's if kind we of the know. elephant in the room. I mean, right? I, I it goes through your headset. I know it does, Tom, because you're a broken windows coach who's obsessed with but the, I don't know the, if the, the urine the color of your players. So I know you know whatever play is going there, right. and I know you know the personnel that's that's getting the football, or at least that's involved on the play. So are we being too hard on Tim Beck? Tim Beck's not some rogue offensive coordinator that's gonna be like it, middle finger to Tom. I'm doing my way. He's not that kind of guy. Yeah, he no. does whatever the hell he's told. He's Tim freaking Beck. Yeah, I, I've. I've so this is Tom Herman's offense. Don't get him mistaken. Oh boy, I just yeah. think that also Herman, though, he's allocated duties and he's talked about no, it. Still no, it's still no, no, through I'm his just headphones. Saying, he well, yeah, 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 it. of course. Yes, yeah. but every single play that's being called, it's not like Herman is vetoing. I know, but in the fourth quarter, okay. Tom Herman can go, we need to run the ball more. No, you're right. I would like to see Chris Warren get the ball more. These are things that are not plays. He said, that's exactly no, that's that's that need that. to be said. That's I exactly agree. What I he's a broken windows coach, which means he pays attention to the little small details. That's a little small detail. So I'm just wondering. See, I just think he felt he agreed with sort of what was going on with the QB. So, run so, so he agrees. So yeah. he, my point is, he agrees with what's happening. He was like, oh, I, don't, I don't agree he with that. He said that, though, in, in the press conferences. He said that he has full confidence we need to get better, that he didn't like the performance, but he just, I guess. I think we're being too tough on Tim Beck. I yeah. think we're being too tough on Tim. I, and I, I see, did. I'm the one that I th- I'm defending I both think, of them. I, think, I, I haven't seen much to be I critical see, of I, the offense at if all. If I see the same trends versus Iowa State, yeah, all right, about the running game and the abandonment of the running game and the lack of Chris Warren and things of that nature. I'm I'm going to stop talking about Tim Beck because it's Tom Herman. Let me, oh Beck. yeah, and last week, off week I was defending right, them. Let me, let me I throw. I still agree with the game plan last week to not run Chris Warren. I think that was the smartest thing to do. But that's where when you dissect stuff from the past, it doesn't matter. We can just look forward to see how it will go. And like you said, you're going to learn a lot more the more that we get, other than these just basic two games to base everything off. Let of. me yeah. throw this at you though, Rod. How much of it is Tom Herman? not wanting to have second guest and hire on his initial staff that he made. Mm. So he's not going to throw Tim well, Beck under the bus. And it's idiotic to that even be, second right. guess him after three games. It's crazy. It is. I agree. I'm right, saying, but, but that's what that's Put you what the offensive Herman coordinator at the University of Texas. If you don't want that kind of pressure, don't take the job. Well, no, it's no. Happen. It's not that it's that type of pressure. It's just that you can also say that and just leave it there. That no, needs, I agree. Yeah. We, listen, we've had, a, we've had seven different play callers on the 40 acres. I'm talking about just calling plays since 2010. Nine offensive coordinators. Does that include Joe Wickline? That includes Joe Wickline. He's a nine offensive coordinators but the seven play calls is not included but the point oh, being geez. i don't know i think tom herman's a, i think he studies recent history on the four because i think he knows the offensive identity crisis and part of that is because you've been bringing in new systems new philosophies every other year or every year i should say since 2010 so i agree with you i think a lot a big part of this would be him admitting that damn i made a mistake in my first hire Man, can't even talk bad on charlie charlie did and i'm doing it too mm-hmm. I, so i think a lot of it is pride i'm not going to do that and to matt's point it's too early to do that anyway yeah because these guys are still the coaching staff still gaining continuity still learning the players but kim kardashian Nicki minaj size but man it, there's a troubling trends developing within the offense and you haven't established an offensive identity yet it don't take it shouldn't take three games to for me to see as a spectator what you're good at offensively right. and right yep. now you ain't good at crap you yep. don't do a damn thing really well you're good at throwing, colin, throwing johnson is, ball to colin johnson colin johnson is what you do really well that's it that's it He's really that's good. It. Oh, he's really good. But yep. that's it. And I thought that before Williams went down, you had a chance to maybe run the ball. But after that, yeah, Colin Johnson, that's about all you had you in the game. you got to find a way to run the ball, man. They cannot be one-dimensional in the Big 12. The truth of the matter is, Definitely. we all know that in the Big 12, either this defense is going to keep Texas in games and keep it close so that they can win with, you know, ball control uh, and taking care of the football, or they're going to outscore people. It doesn't look like this offense is going to outscore people. I wouldn't say that yet. Now, I would agree really? that, well, I mean, all we've seen, them do is a USC game. We aren't going to see a defense like that the entire season in the Big Twelve. Maybe TCU Oklahoma. might be as good as USC. Yeah. Maybe okay. So and Oklahoma, Oklahoma could potentially so I'm just be as saying, good as in USC. In my opinion, yeah, I think there's easily eight games that you can. I mean, the whole Big 12's culture, you throw up 30, 40 points. So I still think that there's plenty of time. There's nothing to be decided. My on thing yet. is in a track meet, Rod. Can this offense score for you? That's kind of what I'm saying. Like in a well, shoot, you can't win. All... In my opinion, you're going to lose every shootout, so you can't make it a shootout. Yeah, you don't. You got to depend on your defense. 
defense, and then you have to depend on your running game to run the ball and control the clock. Which brings me back to the other thing I wanted to talk about. Well, yeah. One of the other things I wanted to talk about with the Oklahoma State D game. You realize how much of an impact the rushing yardage battle had in all the games involving Big 12 teams. Hmm. You look at the way TCU closed out that game yep. against Oklahoma State. Darius Anderson, 106 yards. Which, by the way, don't want to be the bearer of bad news or pull an open scab, but is this a bad time to mention that Charlie Strong's staff evaluated running backs and preferred Kyle Porter over Darius Anderson? Ooh. Oh, well, keep this in mind, De- Deontay Foreman did not start a game in 2015, even though he led the team in rushing and uh, yards per carry. Yep. We got to go back down. That so, they, yeah, so remember, they didn't like Deontay Foreman. They preferred Jonathan Gray over Deontay Foreman in 2015. So and we've admitted they kind of stumbled into Deontay Foreman's they did. 2016 season. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so there's that. Uh but I, I like the way TCU yeah. was able to close out that game against that was, Oklahoma that was State strong. and win the rushing battle yeah, by a large strong. margin. I'm trying to pull up my numbers strong. here, see if I can. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Because, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a misconception that the Big 12 is a league that throws the ball all over the place. No, it's a spread it, league. It's a spread league. Yeah, it's so funny. Listening but, to Baylor the other day, and they're like, oh, they're going to try to run the ball. It's like they've been running the ball for T- two years. TCU yeah, outrushed yeah. Oklahoma State 238-101. to 101. Mm. Oklahoma had 342 yards rushing against Baylor. Trey yeah. Sermon had 148. Oh, he's the truth. On 12 carries, and we Dude. saw how he ran. In he's the a freshman, quarter, right? In the fourth to quarter. Close that game Damn, out. Damn, he's nice. How was Kansas able to be within one possession of West Virginia in the fourth quarter? How about 11 a.m. at Manhattan? And how about Khalil, Khalil Herbert Kansas. going for 291 and K- KU rushing for 367 as a team? They rushed West for over Virginia. 300 yards. West West Virginia. Virginia. That's what I'm talking yards, about. These right? Big 12 defenses, hey, all numbers so are so inflated the in the Big 12. One game in this league is so critical. Number one. And number two, here's a bye week staff where I don't know you like how I kind of go through my Russell Crowe mm-hmm. beautiful mind when I'm just kind of got the papers thrown <laughs> out all over the place. You realize in the six <laughs> games Tom Herman has lost as a collegiate head coach. Oh, I saw this stat. It's a good stat. He's lost the rushing yardage battle in Every all of them. Time. Yeah, I saw that stat that you wrote up. You wrote it up That's last a good week. One. I think. It was good. That was good. And then you had you went you took it further, right? In the I want to say um you said in three of those I want to say I, I make sure I get it right, but I think you took the stat even further that not only the six games that they lost, but in maybe three of those games that they uh, man, we I, I look it up. There, yeah, there were three games where he he won where Tom Herman seems won when they lost the rushing yardage battle. Oh, that's it. They but it was very, but it was very close. They're they three were, and six. They were six. Yeah, three and three six. It's six, like the one yeah, OU game six. when they tied yeah. with yardage. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. No, yeah, you're right. There were three and six. That's why you took the step. It was very close. Like uh, I think it was the yeah. when they had over Tulsa last year that went down to the wire. Yeah. They lost the rushing yardage battle on that. Tulane last year was yeah. one where they lost the rushing yardage battle, and there was one more I can't remember. It might have been Vanderbilt or Louisville the mm-hmm. first. Yeah. But that just shows you how important the running game is in this league, and you got. To, it doesn't matter whether you're a spread team, you're a slot T team, you're an air raid team. You've got to be able to run the football if you want to win games that hasn't changed since the beginning of time with this mm-hmm. game well and you just pointed out even for tom herman it has been key to his success as a yeah. head coach it's been instrumental so getting back to the conundrum the mystery why texas either won't commit to a more uh competent running game or they can't so maybe they can't do it and that's seven teams, and seven teams in the big 12 right now rod ranks 60th or better national rushing that means seven teams in a 10 team league are in the top half top of the country half in rushing yeah offense. yeah and texas but is not one of those teams. i really oh, think though when is. oh texas is. Nice. Well, you get yeah. there for the 406 against san jose well, you, you get there and they yet to get credit for those though, oh you mean when you gave chris warren the ball 16 times yes oh, okay. but see and i think that that could easily happen for the rest of the big 12 because as you just said with those numbers we're looking at it as the offense doing that, but those defenses gave that up. And when you look at the way that stats work in the biggest games, when you look over time, it's normally by the bad defenses allowing it, not the great offense achieving it. So if you have a culture, like even like you said, maybe TCU better defense, maybe OU, I don't even think OU's defense would be as good as USC. So when you look around, is it going to be closer to San Jose State type of offense? And when you look and see that if you Well, want, it won't be because you're missing Connor Williams. You're missing yes. Literally your best offense. So I think that's you're, not why, gonna, you're not going to be playing the worst team in yeah. FBS. So it, it exactly. Won't, it won't so that's offense. why I don't think we should be <laughs> deciding what this run offense is by the three quarters of ball once Connor Williams went out because we're going to be bad no matter what in those. Yet that is making us feel as if they have no chance. I think these Big 12 defenses are so weak that as long as you are going to be at that average level, you're going to be able to run the ball in this conference. Well, I don't think it, I don't think man I don't think it's that. I think it's just the concern of. How how are you going to do well, it? I don't think it's a matter of if agreed. they can. How can you do it consistently enough 
to Rod's point and the point I brought up is you're not going to be able to win games where it's 48-50. You're yeah. not going to be in those but games. thank you're God gonna... you've got these two 10-day weeks to at least, if it's the best time to have it happen, you have a 10-day week to work and then another 10-day week before you go into it. So, true? you know, I see a lot of bright side just because of the culture of the Big it's 12. More... And Texas's athletes are going to be as good as a lot of the teams are playing. That's so true. as long as they just meet their baseline, they should be able to put up and compete inside this conference because mm-hmm. this, I mean, we've seen this offense put up yards and points the last two years, and they only, I mean, they had Deontay, but they didn't have anything and no identity. Deontay. More so uncertainty yeah. than despair. Yeah. If they had Deontay on his team, dude, they'd be, yeah. they'd be like a top 25 team almost. Like, Easily. Because they had beat Maryland. And that's what somebody, hell, so the I think, nation thought we were a top my, 25 team stupidly my point, I into think, the season. You're talking about identifying key playmakers, and when you lose a guy like Connor Williams, it, it mm. makes a huge difference on that offensive line. Offensive line is one of the few units in football where one that one bad wheel or it sees that one bad apple on the line mm-hmm. can truly be a detriment and to it, the entire game. It unit. has been. And it has. Well, then I'm talking about Connor Williams. How it anchor, even when you lost Las Rodriguez. So I am curious to see the creativity yeah. and the coaching and the personnel management of Tom Herman and Tim Beck with this offense now because I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out how they're going to solve the problem of establishing a running identity. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do it because right now, the t- think about it, the tight ends are gone too. Yep. Given that they had, you know, Andrew Beck or Andrew, no, they don't have Andrew Beck. Gary Gray, he's hurt more. too. They're missing three guys on the offensive line, and they don't know who's going to be the running back. So there's a lot of issues in terms of establishing a, you know, a physical running game. And I don't know how the hell they're going to do it. Yeah, it's in the gauntlet that you're going to be should facing. Give Tim Beck all the reason he needs to abandon a running game and just throw it all the, all day, every day. Well, thank God you get at least Iowa State, and then a little bit more I time. I to throw it, but I was it's better throw it than Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. I was going to throw it 45 feet a time. The other yep. rushing statistic, Rod, from the weekend. How about Texas Tech outrushing U of H 200 to 110? Went in there and bit up on Madger Applewhite. Yeah, they did. Um, the other thing I want to talk about from the TCU-Oklahoma uh, State game was it's what Matt was just talking about, the, the conception, the this misconception, I should say, that nobody in the Big 12 plays defense. But as we talked about, it's a different kind of defense. You've got to yeah. measure it. There are different ways you measure defense. Agreed. And yep. uh, TCU did that against Oklahoma State. Uh, what you got? You, you guys know in, in the Big Twelve to be successful, you got to play really good red zone defense. Mm-hmm. Got to get off the field on third Worst down. Turnovers. Got to maximize your turnover opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, TCU goes and wins the turnover battle, mm-hmm. four to one. Converts all of their turnovers into points. That's money. Oklahoma State goes six for six in the red zone. Three of those six scores were field goals, oh, which yeah. in this league is just as good as a stop. That's what I say. Yeah, it might as well be nothing. Just go for it on all of them. (laughs) See if you get two touchdowns and then get stopped on the other one. Yeah. But, yeah, just going – I mean, you got to take those risks to steal those possessions. It's all about it because it's a possessions game now. And it doesn't matter how many plays. Like, remember when we looked it down two years ago in Texas? It was dumbfounding how you could gain more yards per play, more points per play, everything in your favor except for you weren't the team running up the most plays to wear down the defense that just supports every aspect of your offense. I I just want to run this by you too, Rod. The last – time Texas had a, a good defense, maybe even a borderline great defense, was 2014. Mm-hmm. That defense in the Big 12, which is the, the best defense Texas has had kind of in the modern Big 12, uh, that year Texas ranked 19th nationally in red zone defense, 24 touchdowns allowed on 44 red zone trips, yeah. also had 22 takeaways, including 15 interceptions. Yeah, there you go. That's, yeah. how you, that's how you play winning defense in the league. Yeah, it's I mean, it's high risk, high reward. Or how you get away with a bad defense. Have you watched, like, say, the Packers in the NFL? Horrible secondary at times if you look at yardage given up and all these things. But what do they do? They also have guys that will steal possessions back. Mm-hmm. So if you know that you aren't going to be able to stop them, at least take, take those risks yeah. and be able to then get that pick six or change that one possession that then you now are getting the positive result. It's going to outweigh those handful of plays that you actually got beat on. Well, that's what makes sense for Tyler Lando, because Tyler Lando, that is his defensive philosophy. Mm-hmm. His defense philosophy is just that. It is to roll the dice. There, it's basically calculated risks he takes with his blitz packages uh, and with his players, and he is essentially always game planning to force a turnover or to force a disrupted play, which is a sack or a tackle for loss. And that's, that's what they hold. Everything else he says, hey man, it, it's, you know, we're going to get beat, but we're going to make more plays than we get beat. And that's the idea that's that 
think we, when we've seen the vertical element added in on the offensive side to different type of spread offenses because it's funny how you were just saying right there the defense is sort of deciding upon risk, yet we've seen a lot of risk taken out of the offensive side. But the ones that maximize it are the ones with the ability because anybody can keep it around the line of scrimmage to help the change, prevent the turnovers and those things. But what happened when you added that vertical element to some of these teams? You become amazing offenses that yeah. set records. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap up the Big 12 conversation with what we saw this weekend. I talked about everything that everything that I saw in the Oklahoma State TCU game kind of tied into what like Texas that. needs to do I think you hit the nail going the forward. Um, let's talk about the Oklahoma-Baylor game real quick, and to me that game was more of, I think that was kind of Baylor's last gasp, so to say. I think that was kind of their Super Bowl there. Baker hey, Mayfield got them riled up, though. Right, maybe, maybe before the game he was talking trash, talking maybe, about I'm your daddy and all that. Maybe if we, go, if we can win this game, then maybe we can turn this thing around and start Winning some games, I think that was every year. Rod with with a team that ends up with a bad record, you kind of see that one game where it's like, wow, where did that come from? Kind of like we've seen from Texas the last few years. But I think that was that one game from Baylor. That was their best shot, and I don't know really where they might have found their quarterback though. Yeah, Zach Smith's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, I mean that's maybe a good thing coming out of that game for for Baylor. But yeah, I'm with you. I I think Baylor is after this was it 0 and 4 starting now for them. Yeah, I think they're done. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the life will be sucked. But even though I like Matt Rule as a coach, I I will say that. Again, I'll double down on that. I think you get him some talented depth, as you call it, Jeff. I think a couple of years, Matt Rule's going to have that. I was impressed the way just Baylor played in that game because, I mean, nobody even gave him a shot, and of course not after the first three games. Did you hear that two weeks ago that Matt Rule did the uh, Oklahoma drill? He did it again this week. Did he do it again? Yeah, he's doing it pregame every time. He does a pregame Oklahoma drill. Every game he's done it since then, yes. He does. He he basically does it every game. It's a pregame thing. Dude, I've never heard of that before at a college or a pro level. Well, that's that's unbelievable. Like I'm, trying think, I'm trying to think if we did that in high school. I don't think you did. No. Yeah, that's a great point. I don't think we ever did it in high school. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody about, do it. They're trying to get that you know physicality re ingrained in these kids for the game. Yeah, because we talked about it on here. A, a couple team weeks that ago, doesn't done it every time. The, t- the team that doesn't have a lot of depth. <laughs> so, yeah, I was say, right. so he is sacrificing depth Everything. and wins for the mentality of physicality in the culture. He's like, you know what? We're going to be bad, but the the the, the guys who are going to be here being bad are going to be some bad mofo. Who are going to pass down the coach yes. to the next group. So I, I get what he's doing. I just never heard of him before. In the modern football world, like in the NFL, Man. that would be outlawed. Like, they're like, it would be crazy. Do that. This would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, break time on the show, but more Texas football talk coming up right after this here on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Back to the Big 12. So we <laughs> talk about Baylor's last gas. Oklahoma kind of doing what championship teams do, right? Be some weeks when it's not clicking, man. You just got to find a way to survive and move on. Yep, Baker on the road, Mayfield, man. He just impressed me. He's there, awesome. There's those players that play for teams that are like rivals to whatever team you have, and say for you a Cowboys fan, you know you hate the Giants and you hate the Eagles. Longhorn fan, you hate the Sooners. But there's always that one. You hate the Aggies too, probably. Mm-hmm. There's always that one player on that opposing team, your rival, who you just find a hard time hating. You find a hard time disliking. Them. Oh yeah, that's kind of like something about him. Baker Mayfield is, is that for me. Yeah, I, I love him. I yeah, like it's, no, it's even hard for me to dislike him. I remember being there the first it's game when he was in high school because it was after Garrett Gilbert and you had and he wanted to be a Longhorn. What was going <laughs> to happen out at Lake Travis? You know how their quarterback yeah. situation. And they had moved this kid. He was a safety running back. I think his name was Gribble or something. They thought he might be the quarterback. Gribble? Could, yeah, that oh, would be funny. That's how you Anyways, know you a guy that's going to beat more. <laughs> so he, this kid gets hurt like immediately, and they bring in Baker Mayfield in the first. And I mean, I had never seen a kid just come in out of nowhere just a scrawny little junior and he threw for like 495 yards and like baller, six man. touchdowns and they immediately moved that kid back to safety and running back and every time I've heard from him or seen him it's like he just steps on the stage and is the best player around without Baker, anything happening Baker it's, it's Mayfield, been unreal okay. Baker Mayfield is the guy he's he's got that Christian Leitner effect to me he, if he's on your team you love him if he's playing against your team you can't stand the guy. Well, and then oh, some of that too. But I have a hard time disliking. See, I him, love man. him. He's, I don't even. About, I enjoy guys everything a about on, him. Uh, basically, was the best player at Texas Tech. They wouldn't give him a scholarship. He leaves there, goes to Oklahoma, gets a scholarship, walk on. and now as a walk now has been to the Heisman what twice now. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Unbelievable. I, just, it, I find it a hard time. And he plants a flag in the middle of the Ohio State field. I, yeah. I think, planted a flag on the watch field. Central Texas. Right. Talks Lake trash Travis. to Baylor. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna, I listen. I hate to say it as a Longhorn. I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. Oh, I 
I am too. All right, put it out there. Screw it. At least he's Austinite. Screw it. You know, there you go. My only my only take on Baker Mayfield is, is you don't want him planting the flag, even though again he did plant it on a turf field. The flag couldn't go in the ground. I mean, he's, but, he went to Texas Tech in Oklahoma. So you don't. Not, yeah. not, oh, did you see him run from the cop? <laughs> yeah, he ran from the cops and got two feet away before. Yeah, like, you know, he got lucky. He almost didn't get his head speared into those stairs. You don't that want him. You don't video. want him planting the flag. You don't want him talking trash. Stop it. Yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see what his NFL career is going to look like. I wonder. He's one of those guys. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with him. Yeah, because he has a better durability and body type i mean he's a guy like uh you know his athleticism is only going to help him yeah so oklahoma survives we talked about tcu oklahoma state kansas plays west virginia tough matt you mentioned it the 11 a.m game in lawrence Mm -hmm. where you know teams go to get woken up and to wonder what the heck is going on with yourself you got to reevaluate everything after ku plays you close at home in one of the worst road environments one of the worst road environments one of the best home environments in college football (laughs) because nobody wants to play i've said that for years well because of his basketball or football well and that was one that if you followed the lines late in the week and early Saturday morning, I know this sounds weird, but it's really one of the best ways to look at it. If a team starts, to, if they're already favored and then starts to just have the points go up for no reason, like you, they jump on and a ton of people are jumping on, that means that the public is on them and go against them to where by Saturday morning, everybody that follows any type of numbers are like, oh, wow, the game in Kansas could be a lot closer than everybody takes. you got to take those points. It doesn't make sense if all the money's coming in one side and yeah. then it's still going up and it's going against the trends of a reverse line movement and that one was a perfect one and then us being big 12 people just knowing oh they're going to play kansas it's at 11 11 a.m that's where the sharp is but the public is like they're gonna go and kill them and then that's a perfect setup in lawrence kansas nobody cares nobody wants to be there the environment's awful it's true you're still rubbing the sleep out of your eyes yeah kick off you under you underestimate them because everybody does because they're kansas they should be underestimated yeah so it's (laughs) it's kind of the Parker's on that. Um, so, yeah, and then Texas Tech beating U of H, man. That was, that was a nice, big. That was a nice that, win for, that was, for the that was Red big. Raiders. They've still got some issues they've got to work out, but Rod B, that's a nice road win, man. It's, going, it's, going it's one of those great recruiting win. wins and the recruiting war for Texas Tech because, you know, everybody wants to recruit uh, Houston if you can. You can have a big game in Houston win, beat U of H with all their momentum in terms of uh, them trying to put their stamp on that city. That's a big win for the, Cliff the, Kingsbury and Texas this Tech. This could end up being the kind of the thing that saves Cliff Kingsbury's job. Yeah. Kind of. It could be when you look at Baylor. Agreed. Baylor being down. Mm-hmm. Um, the the next game for Tech though they got to go to Lawrence, so that could be one of those games that you look at. So they're going to they get Iowa State at home, so they don't have to go to Ames. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean I don't think they're going to beat the better teams in the league, but they could be. He seven, just needs. I'd say he needs seven wins to save his job. That's about it. If he's under seven, then people will start. There'll be questions. They're about six this. and six. I agree. Yeah, yeah, right. I think they're winning seven games. He's got to get that one big win though, and maybe you have that big win. And then I didn't even mention Baylor being down. Yeah, he's got to get that one big win. I don't know who's maybe you have was that big win. I don't know. Like I don't. I, I don't know what the, what the expectations are in Lubbock. In I think sense. if you maybe you beat you beat Texas the day after Thanksgiving if you can pull that. Oh, off. you beat Texas always a big win. Remember we we said being Texas is always a win that'll save your job or get you a mm-hmm. contract extension. Remember the, the Iowa State when the Iowa State coach get fired after they beat Texas? Yeah, no, bro. It was Charlie Weiss. It was, no, it was Charlie Weiss. Yeah. Yes, yes. No, no, no. Yeah, Charlie Weiss got fired well, the day after Texas beat. KU I think you're right, Rose. No, 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 no. Iowa State actually. Yeah. I want to say Iowa State beat Texas one year and he got fired. Oh yeah, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And we always Rose. said that if you That's beat Texas. Saying. It'll save your job, and that's how we knew Texas was truly was done. had truly fallen off because they could beat Texas, and people I would say were like, "So." We don't yeah. give a damn. Texas sucks. Yeah. So that's how we knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. that's when you know where you're right. going. He didn't even get fired. He beat oh, Texas. And I mean, I was on that. It's the only time I went on a trip and just seeing that team after that game in 2015 in the airport. Charlie Strong getting on. Like, it was the most defeated, just totally mm-hmm. inflated. Every, they got shut out. It's too. midnight. We're on a tarmac. The whole airport's closed, and we're just waiting for the team to come through. And that just must have been one. Yeah. And then that was, wasn't that the flight when they almost died or whatever? They almost had a wreck on the way down? I think so, That yeah. was the quote. Yeah, because then they, on the way home from that, had turbulence. <laughs> and Tim funny. Cole says he thought he was going to die or somebody. Yeah, it was <laughs> absurd. Funny. It was crazy. And it was on Halloween Eve right after all the floods here two years ago. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. Not that Craziness. Guess. All right, guys. It is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. And we will do that when we come back and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247com Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel, and as a well-educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Texting after three glasses of Merlot? Unwise. Using Zizol for 24-hour relief of your allergy symptoms? Quite wise. Because Zizol is just as effective at hour 24 as it is at hour 1, relieving your symptoms for a better night's sleep and a more productive day. So for continuous 24-hour allergy relief, don't be unwise. Be wise all. Take Zizol. Use as directed. 
Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. What if hiring could be easier with more qualified candidates and faster results? What if hiring could be smarter? Thanks to ZipRecruiter, it can be. With one click, post your job to over 100 top job boards. Then their smart technology notifies the most qualified candidates to apply. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter free at ZipRecruiter.com free. That's ZipRecruiter.com free. As a small business owner, you're juggling it all, including customers' calls from your personal phone. But with Grasshopper, you get a business phone number and a business phone system from our mobile app so you can work smarter, not harder. Grasshopper for its calls, texts, even transcribes voicemails. Everything you need to simplify your business and stay responsive. With Grasshopper, there's no long-term contracts and customer support is 24-7. Whether you're starting or growing your business, Grasshopper is the answer. Now get $20 off your first month when you visit grasshopper.com radio. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Windstorm. Oh, hey, how's it going? It's me, Windstorm. Anywho, just wanted to check up, see if you had a good weekend. Oh, and by the way, I accidentally smashed all of your patio furniture into your house, and I can't pay for the damage. <laughs> but mostly, I just wanted to check up, say hello, and hope you had a great weekend. Later, Gator. Windstorms never pay for wind damage. Luckily, one call to the Geico Insurance Agency makes it easy to switch and save on homeowners insurance. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. What doesn't make sense is if we call bicycles bikes and tricycles trikes, shouldn't we call motorcycles mics? Hmm. Maybe a bunch of guys named Mike teamed up and put a stop to it. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for ridiculous prices every day. Now we're dropping the ridiculous sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality and an amazing price. Harry's. One perfect razor. None of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 5252 at sign up. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 5252 to redeem your shave set. Again, it's harrys.com, code 5252. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. That's going to do it for this edition of the Blitz. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rob B. Appreciate the time of the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 1049thehornhornfm.com. 
where you can get this podcast each and every week. And thanks to Matt, you can get us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any podcast Boom. app. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Right. Also, don't forget about Rod B on 104.9 The Horn on the Rodcast every day from 1 to 3. Same as luck. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.